Hi, I'm Terrence Young, and you're listening to Finding Japan. Wait a minute, where is Chris? Well,、uh, Chris has decided to pass the show on, Finding Japan, to me, Terrence Young, and I'm going to be your new host. And、um, it's going to be pretty big shoes to fill, but、um, I hope you enjoy the ride.、Uh, some of you may be like, I miss Chris, and that's cool. Hopefully, I'll grow on you. And others of you, who knows? You might be like, He's the best. This new guy is awesome. I'm just playing.、Um, I can be a little bit all over the place, but I hope I can、um, entertain you a little bit and inform you a little bit about Japan. So, just in case you're completely new to finding Japan, basically, until now, the show has been、uh, Chris's experiences, observations,、uh, adventures in Japan, and him talking about them from an American's point of view. And from his own personal point of view, and all the cultural things and the social things that happen in Japan. I basically want to continue that.、Uh, what I've been thinking about is taking the show towards an interview、uh, format in which I want to interview English speaking people. They can be Japanese, they can be Americans, they can be from wherever on this planet. As long as they have something to do with Japan, they don't have to live in Japan, but if they're Interested in Japan, or they do business in Japan, or they're writing a book about Japan, or they're a musician, they're an artist, and it somehow connects to Japan. I want to find those folks and interview them. So that's the basic format.、Uh, before we really get started,、uh, let me introduce myself. Once again, I'm Terrence.、Uh, I'm from, I'm American. I'm half African American, half Japanese, but I was born in Japan,、uh, raised in both countries off and on.、Um, I had been living in Kobe for 13 years where I was studying political science and teaching at universities. But I've recently moved to Tokyo and to be a freelance translator and to do, and to do this stuff. And,、uh, well, the way I met Chris was I used to do a show called The Kobe Beef Show, and he was a listener. And him and his friend, good friend Fred,、uh, they both visited Japan back in 2005, I think. And、uh, they came to Kobe and we hung out and we became fast friends, as the phrase goes, I guess. And yeah, it's been fun from there.、Uh, Chris has lived in Japan a few times, and、uh, we've, of course, seen each other、uh, over the years, and it's been great. So, yeah, that's me in a nutshell for a little bit.、Um, yeah, I'll talk a lot more about myself in the future.、Uh, for now, let's get back to、um, what the show is about.、Uh, today's show is going to be a kind of reminiscence.、Um, Passing the torch kind of show with Chris、uh, for about almost an hour. It's kind of rambly, it's kind of discussive, it's、uh, you know, two dudes reminiscing. So if you get a little bit bored, feel free to、uh, skip ahead.、Um, but you know, I don't know. Enjoy the show.、Um, Yoroshiku onegaishimasu, as they say in Japanese, and I hope you come along for the adventure. That it was the water. The water? So then I, the next time we went back, he, he brought back some Tokyo water. Uh huh. And he, and he put it in his coffee maker and he said it tasted a lot better. Really? <laughs> yeah. 
Because I was about to, I was about to say when he said he brought it back. I remember, you, yeah, you told me that he brought back the stuff and it didn't taste as good. I didn't know he yeah. brought back water next time. But I was thinking it's just that thing when you go to when you go to Italy and you drink that rustic wine in the Italian countryside. You're like, this is the best wine I ever drank, and you buy a whole case of it. You bring it home, <laughs> it doesn't taste the same because <laughs> you don't have the hills and the Roman ruins and <laughs> right. right. So maybe maybe without the telephone poles and the pachinko parlors around you, you know, it just didn't. Like you know, right. the green of and, the New Hampshire just wasn't working for the coffee, <laughs> and, and you're just you're drinking it out of like a plastic cup back in yeah back in Kobe yeah. So you guys think you're gonna you think you're gonna make it out here in um uh next spring maybe? I think so. Yeah, we're still planning mm-hmm. on uh, shooting out next spring. Yeah, I, th- oh. I think it would be uh, a good time to head out. We we want to get out there before Isaac turns two. Mm-hmm. Uh, because then he becomes infinitely more expensive. Ah, that's uh, right. That's right. Is it two? Mm-hmm. It's up to two. You get the how much off is it? Like half off? It's. Uh, I think if they're less than two, they fly for ten percent of an adult fare. Ten percent. Yeah. So if wow. you take if your round trip tickets like eight hundred U.S. dollars, then they fly yeah. for eighty. Yeah, that's crazy. That's cool. Yeah. So yeah. and that when we flew back with Ellie, that's how much it was. It was like ten oh, percent okay. of Linda's fare. So, oh, Ellie, Ellie will be coming home. <laughs> she doesn't even know it. <laughs> yeah, no, she's gonna see a. Uh, I guess uh, Chuoku has like this program where they all yeah. the kids that are born that year, like mm-hmm. they dedicate a tree in the park to all the kids. Oh, cool. And they have like a little sign there that shows like you know what year it is, and I don't, I can't remember if they, I got a picture of me in front of it, and I don't recall the sign being big enough to list all the names, mm-hmm. so I don't think they have the names, but I do know where the tree is. So mm. it's in uh, Tsinkachidoki. We got to go head over there. Ah, cool. See the tree. Have some good monja. Get some monja yaki. Yeah. Yeah. I got that little like instant monjayaki kit mm-hmm. for the house. Oh yeah, but cool. It, but it's like I haven't even busted it open yet because I know it's not going to be the same. Oh man! <laughs> and I don't have the griddle to do everything on, so mm-hmm. it's like a shame waiting to happen. Yeah. But uh, one get, of these days we get back there. I can't even remember the last uh, Kobe beef. Yeah, I can't remember. I did something like once. I had like a little bit of where I was trying to come back, and I did one show or something. But I got files all over. I should properly find everything and archive everything. But I'm so bad about that. Yeah, ah, oh, all the all the things could have done if I just kept up with it. It'd be interesting. Yeah, but it was fun. Yeah, and good fun. I uh, I really miss the soundscapes. I was thinking about that today when I was uh, um, taking a walk in after um, checking some stuff outside because there were like birds mm-hmm. tweeting and like crickets and little critters in the woods running around around here. We have like woods all around us. Oh, wow. And uh, I was like, man, it's a cool soundscape. But then I was thinking back to like Tokyo and all that stuff. I'd, I would just mm-hmm. walk around with the Edderall and like record stuff for like a half hour and post that yeah like oh that's so amazing do that again (laughs) yeah you every every convenience store every pachinko parlor you walk past all the use and all that music that they pipe through 
the noise noise pollution man <laughs> it's one concept japanese people have not caught on to <laughs> yeah uh, it's gonna have you just uh bring us up to speed on why you moved to tokyo number one that was awesome yeah and, well, it was uh, kind of crazy yeah and then uh what what your plans are what you've been up to i i think uh you know, people will be interested to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, one of them. somebody who was listening to your show and I think heard a few of my shows or this uh, Sebastian Pedraza. What does he say? I thought he listened. I thought he said something about your show. Maybe not. Huh? I thought it was. Oh, maybe it's just no, it's just some. Huh. No, I guess it's just some guy who. Let's see. Hi there. Is there a place where I can download the Kobe Beef Show episodes? The site is down. Yeah, so some people have been wondering what's going on, but I'm not sure if that guy was a previous listening to your show or a previous listener of my show. I'm not sure. Anyway. All right, yeah. Um, Are we recording? Yeah, we've been recording the last 11 minutes. Okay, cool. We got everything. We got so much. You know, I think some of the stuff we used earlier, too, we can kind of just... Mm-hmm. use as well so just flip it in the middle make it seamless like it's been an ongoing discussion all right cool um we need I to feel do any like, kind of yeah i i don't know <laughs> i was just thinking super thing, super like, rusty i'm like oh what, uh, what, what do we do what do we do <laughs> now <laughs> kind of I, rusty I, so i i remember when i first started podcasting i had this uh hesitance i'm like okay you know the mic's on you got the actually i'll show you you got like the red light going you know yeah and you're like okay what do i do yeah my whole my whole setup was omni i would have omni outliner with the whole show notes and then um i guess i better not back off too far the microphone might not pick up right and plus plus the sound's gonna get all messed up with me moving my ipad around no i think Um, the microphone's coming through your uh your uh, thing Maybe it's got oh, that. Okay, yeah, that's right. So you're good. Oh, cool. All right, cool. I don't have to worry about the iPad. Um, yeah, my whole setup was an Omni Outliner, and then early on, I think I was using was it Audacity? I think I was using oh, Audacity, yeah. the free. I think originally originally Linux based, but it was kind of that open source. Mm-hmm. Um, I was using that, and then I also remember using um, I can't remember, but. Audio, not Audio Hijack, but one of those companies that makes the little recording software. I was using that for a little while. And then eventually GarageBand, just because I just did everything in there and worked out pretty well. My theme song came from GarageBand. I just got the different... I was looking for cowbells that went like... The, uh, like, dun, dun, dun. But the only one that they had was like, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> so that's why it's kind of that frenetic. It was more, I was more like classic cowboy. You know, when you like a rock band, you know, when they start, they go, dun, 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 dun. And then yeah, they start yeah, yeah. the whole thing. That was what I was looking for. But all they had was that, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like a cross between cowbell and like a news broadcast. Yeah, it was kind of strange. And it's, it, if you listen to it, it doesn't loop evenly. Like it, it seems to have an uneven rhythm to it eventually, so it's weird. It, it seemed to work out. But. Oh, man, I'll have to listen to that again. I'm... Yeah, and then there was some bass riff, the dunk, 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 and then I just put a couple of things more on there. And complete, like, <laughs> yeah. It was complete luck, but crap, but lucky, and it just kind of worked. And, it's kinda... and it stuck, too, man. It worked. Yeah. 
So yeah, that was the early setup. I think I pretty much went with that. And then my friend made my website, which I always liked a lot, the old website. I don't think it's up anymore. Um, it was the, it had co- it had a, like a T-bone taro wearing like a jacket and carrying a, holding a wine glass. And then there was like a ranch and a rope, like a rope. Um, yeah, was yeah. Like he a was ranch wearing like a red jacket, like, right? Yeah, a red, a red jacket. And he had a little bit of wine. Yeah. So, yeah. It was pretty cool. Um, I would have you drink with me, but I don't think you're going to want to drink at 11 a.m. in the morning. 11 a.m. in the morning? <laughs> eh, it is my day off, but I don't have anything to drink anyways. I should have done that. I should have gotten like a little 3%. A <laughs> <laughs> little one cup. Yeah. Oh, no, man. One cup will kick your ass, man. Oh, man. The best one time I was on the train platform, and this old dude, he was... He had his one cup. It was around noon or something. He's trying to open it, and his hands are shaking. I mean, he didn't look that disheveled. It wasn't like he wasn't a complete. I mean, he was just old and frail, but he didn't look disheveled or particularly dirty or anything like that. But it was just when I tell the story, people think, "Was this a homeless guy?" I don't think so. I think it's just an old dude with not much to do in his seventies mm-hmm. or something, trying to open up the one cup, shaking, shaking, and he gets it open, and he puts it to his lips, and he has his best like. He's just like, "Yes, I'm in heaven," and he just looks <laughs> so happy. It was a kind of public drinking at 12 that, like, on one level, kind of you worry for the person, but on the other level, it's, like, completely acceptable because he wasn't bothering anyone. He looked happy. Right. He just wanted to have his Ozeki one cup at 12 or 1 in the afternoon. And, yeah, that was, he's like, like, years he's ago. He's like a poster boy for Ozeki because that's yeah. how they, like, bill it, right? It's, like, once you taste it, you're like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> Although that stuff, whew. Yeah. So I don't I don't know if uh if I even told this story before. Maybe I'm maybe I'm getting old and and uh we did, but do you remember the first time that you came to Tokyo after we had uh after I had moved to Tokyo with Alex? Yeah. Yeah, we you guys were to, living up mm-hmm. We're living in in Kuramai. The- like Sumida? Was that Sumidaku? In, in Sumidaku, yeah. Yeah. And and we went to uh, Hanami and we met up with you and like a bunch of your, mm-hmm. your friends. And then we also yeah. met like some of my, my senpai and my program. Yeah. And and then we like in the afternoon or afternoon and evening, we went to like, uh, oh God, we went to a wine shop and then we went to like a Hawaiian bar or something like that. Yeah. And I yeah. only know about the wine shop and the Hawaiian bar because of pictures. Yeah. Because I absolutely don't remember anything after 4 p.m. Yeah. After I got back, uh, after I came back this time to Kobe, I moved to, uh, moved to Tokyo this time. I went to that wine shop. It's in Hiro. And oh, it's, okay. it's on the corner. It's a pink. It's a very, like, quite pretty famous wine shop, actually. And really nice. But the thing about that wine shop is I remember going to the wine shop. I was with, we were with my Hungarian friend, real tall guy. Yeah, yeah. A little bit. Oh, hopefully our connection is okay. Getting now we're a, good. Uh, the video on my end, the video went in and out, but it's okay. All right, as long as the sound is good. Um, so yeah, I have the same kind of. I remember a little bit better. We were on the train with his girlfriend at the time, and then we went to. I don't remember which order, but we went to that wine shop. And the funny thing about that wine shop is, okay, we went there and it's like, okay, cool wine shop. And then about a week later, when I'm back in Kobe, I, I finally, I think I didn't, I think I, I didn't take everything out of my bag. And I, I, I grab the bag and I look at the bottom of the bag and there's a half bottle of Chablis in the bag. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> and it felt like one of those like lucky bag surprises. I'm like, I bought a bottle of wine. That's awesome. 
I'm laughing because I had the exact same experience. A week later, I go to pick up the bag that I had, and I'm like, why mm-hmm. is this so heavy? I look inside, there's a bottle of wine in the bottom. I'm like, oh, wait, Alex, did I buy wine? He's like, I think you did. I don't remember. <laughs> so I either bought wine or I stole yeah. it. But I imagine I bought it because I, I remember trying to have a, a very awkward conversation with the one of the uh, the people there, one of the girls there about mm-hmm. about wine in Japanese. And I was just yeah. tripping over myself talking to her. And it was, it was really funny. Yeah. And we were blasted. I mean. <laughs> oh, my God. I hadn't been that drunk in so long. Man, that was a fun Hanami. Yeah, I remember it. It was. Yeah, it was cool. The Hanami. The Hawaiian. Oh, that's right. Because we went to. Was that Nakameguro? Meguro or Nakameguro? I think that's where we went. To I think so. Yeah. The place with the river. The station with yep. like the river and the yep. nice cafes and stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I was barely remembering that. Yeah. And uh, I think I think I may have done a video episode of that. Um, because I remember Alex drinking mm-hmm. um, Onikoroshi, and mm. we were making a joke about how how come we never had this in our our lunch boxes as kids? Because you know I sell it and that was like little like little. Uh, Oh, that's right. It's in the juice Paper pack. containers. That's and right. Juice packs you put the straw on. Yeah. Wasn't he, was that, was that like at a vending machine or something? Because I remember him, there were some choices. We were discussing some, maybe I'm not remembering right, but I thought there was several other brands of that. Like there was Doni Goroshi and then there was a couple other flavors or brands of the, of the, you know, and she was, I don't know if it was a vending machine or like a, a kiosk or, or just a little convenience store or something. Oh, I don't remember. But I remember, yeah, I thought we were having some conversation about that, and he went with the Oni Goroshi. That's right, the little juice box. That'd be a treat. I'll have to, if we do show notes, I'll have to see if I can find that video and link to it. Yeah, cool. Maybe that's somewhere. That was one of the first episodes. Man, yeah, that was a fun, that was a fun trip up to Tokyo. Remember that? It was quite the classic. Yeah. Is, that already, is that already five years ago? Gosh. Um, I think it, I, I think it's more than five years ago. Yeah. Maybe six. It's, it's six years ago. Yeah. That's a long time. Gosh, that's a long time. And then think about this. Fred and I came and visited you in 2005. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Eight years ago. Yeah. I think it's because of this pot, meeting through podcast kind of thing. I always think like, I always have to go for a moment and be like, no, I've known Chris for quite a while now. Like, I always think, like, <laughs> it's that podcast. met a couple years ago, remember? And it's like, oh. But so so tell us, like, uh, what's going yeah, on in what, Tokyo now and what, what you're up to uh, and what you're what you um, Yeah, well, I decided to finally admit or accept the fact that I didn't really want to write a PhD and, and do research for the rest of my life. So um, just kind of moved on from that. That was at Kobe University, um, political science. And Japanese policy, um, policy making, stuff like that. So I decided to just kind of put that to a rest. Um, it's still technically an open option. I still have a little bit of time that by in which to finish the thesis if I wanted to. Um, but with working and my motivation, I'm not sure how realistic that is. Mm-hmm. So I've been living in Kobe for 13 years. And so I just decided, you know, I always wanted to move to Tokyo. Uh, try something new. My main thinking was maybe get into freelance translation. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have. I am working on a project right now. I'm, I'm translating some World War II history stuff, so that's pretty oh, cool. Oh wow! Uh, it's about the Doolittle raids, which was the uh, raid on Tokyo 
by, I think then he was a colonel or a captain. He later became an, a, a, a general, uh, Doolittle. He, uh, uh, they sent over a fleet of, of bombers to just to attack Tokyo. It didn't really do much damage, but it did a lot of moral, morale. Not moral, morale damage to mm-hmm. the Japanese morale. It was after it was after Pearl Harbor, um, so I'm doing some stuff for that. And was that, I'm also was that the at, raid where the guys um, they took off from aircraft carriers, but it was a one yeah. Mission. So they, I can't remember which B it is. B. It's not I think the they're B twenty nines. Yeah, I think it's actually the B nineteen. The B twenty nine is the famous one, but it was the B nineteen. Was it was the lower number one, and then the B twenty nine is the famous model. That I think came out later that year or a couple of years later, or just around that time. So they were using a little bit older model, the B nineteen, and yeah, they fitted it to it could take off from aircraft carriers, but it couldn't land back on the aircraft carriers. So the idea was to land in China. Um, what eventually ha- ended up happening is I think none of the planes survived. The cr- the crews. A lot of them crash landed or just made emergency landings, but basically the planes didn't survive. But the crews, a lot of the crews, made it, made it back. Um, of course, some of them were captured by Japanese, which was not, was it's not a good, that wasn't a good thing for those flight crew. Um, yeah, so they launched from aircraft carriers. They made a raid on Tokyo, and then they landed basically in various parts of China and Russia. Hmm. Um, so I'm translating that right now, or translating a Japanese book on that. So that the author, who's an American, he's writing a book about the Doolittle Raid in English. That kind of historical, not historical, nonfiction, but kind of like, you know, just like, you know, that's great. Like, um, um, what's, a, what's a good, like an author who writes the kind of historical nonfiction, but it's kind of, it's kind of accessible to the general like you don't have to be you don't have to be a history buff. It's not a research paper. Right. There's they they write it with a narrative so that yeah, it's, it's successful. Narrative non-fiction. It's a story. Yeah. Narrative nonfiction. Um I'm doing that and I'm also working at the Apple store. Um you know, just it's good to have something kind of stable, steady. Yeah. Um that's an interesting experience. I've been there about a month now. It's a lot to learn, a lot of training. Um I I don't really have a lot of experience with retail, so but it's cool, you know, it's a really cool culture. Um you know, I think you know, with I mean including whatever criticisms you can make, I think Apple's an amazing company. Mm-hmm. Um I think they really try really interesting things. Um you know, during um one of the things that they talk about is how at the beginning of the retail store, you know, it's like always a lot of a lot of experts had the um opinion that it wouldn't work out and you know with apple it's always like what are they going to you know they had that hard time and steve jobs came and then they do something new and people think it's initially not going to work out it always seems to it always seems to kind of like go over expectations i mean even when people are disappointed or even like recently with everyone wanting more from apple it seems like at those times they seem to come out with something mm-hmm. so it's always an interesting it's interesting to see what kind of culture is able to do that I mean, I guess it'd be really cool to work at Google, too. I would love to see what that's like, too. But I don't have the engineering mind. I don't think I'm ever going to be working for Google. <laughs> I almost took a product development uh, job at Google Japan. Oh, wow. They're recruiting for it. I interviewed once, but uh, I turned it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Because at, at the time, I was I was doing pretty well with my current company, and they mm-hmm. were taking care of me, so I didn't want to screw that up. I almost yeah. took a job with Lehman Brothers Japan too before the financial crisis. And I'm Ooh, glad that's I didn't good. Take that one. <laughs> yeah, 
Plus, I've, some of the corporate culture at Lehman Brothers and it probably explains why they went down. But yeah, I think <laughs> I think Lehman down. Japan was pretty insulated from that, just in terms of mm-hmm. the culture and stuff like that. But still, yeah. I mean, they they had to shut down. So yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of good choices I've made in the past. <laughs> In retrospect. <laughs> well, if you're happy, yeah, you know, you got your, you're building your career and you're happy where you're at. And, you, you know, when you, when you, when you're with something for a long time, you, I think it's that experience and skills you develop is really, yeah. So that's kind of the hard thing I'm kind of fighting with now. Everything is kind of new for me. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, a lot of people around my age have had a, like a set experience with something that they're applying to their life and their career. And I'm trying to do something new, which is fun. But at the same time, like you, have, you really have to like keep that open mind and, you know, kind of, I don't mean in any negative way, but put away your pride a little bit and just, be, mm-hmm. you know, well, you're learning again and, you know, age does matter, but age is also just a number. So you just kind of have to, you know, be good with that. Right. But yeah, but it's fun. And then I'm also working on, um, I definitely want to get this podcast stuff back up. I'm trying to do my my photo site, Finding Tokyo. Um, I really, I mean, photography is something that I've, I have kind of an off and on relationship with. And what, and the thing is, like, I'm actually kind of more of a camera buff in a way than I am about taking photos. Although I love to take photos. Mm-hmm. And um, so what I decided to do this time was, I'm using just one camera. I'll show you. Obviously, it's not going to show up on the audio, but. I'll explain it. I'm just pulling out my Sony. It's the uh, Sony RX100, mm-hmm. which for the moment basically has the reputation as the world's best compact camera. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, the largest sensor. It's a Carl Zeiss lens. The, uh, new, um, the, new G- the new Ricoh GR actually probably has a larger sensor, actually. But since it's only – the GR is only um, – it's only 28 millimeter. It's a fixed – fixed focal focal point lens but it's a it's a full frame camera it's not full frame i think it's it's a i don't think the gr is full frame i think it'd be it'd be too small for that it might be but i think it's just one one sensor size larger than this hmm. so this is a this comes out to is it the APS-C? it's one of the standards but it's basically an, it, minus the gr it's the largest sensor in a in a compact camera and I think because it has a zoom lens and it's the usability and the call size quality of the lens and the build and the and the controls and the speed, I think this still gets ranked as pretty much the best compact camera. So I decided just to bring this with me to Tokyo because back mm-hmm. in Kobe, back in Kobe, I have my uh, Rolai cord, which is an old twin lens reflex. It's a, it's a box with two lenses on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a Pentax, some old a Pentax LX, which is an old flagship SLR from the early 80s. I got some uh, Voigtlander, the Japanese remake of Voigtlander, a couple of those cameras that use Leica lenses. So I got a bunch of equipment <laughs> that's just collecting dust. And the problem with film is I'm not good about processing film. I'm really yeah. like lazy about that stuff and then just get piles of piles of piles of rolls of film. And plus it costs money. So... Now, have you connected with a lot of uh, photographers in Tokyo? I haven't yet. There's this cool uh, photo blog called Shoot Tokyo, which the guy basically runs around shooting pictures of Tokyo. Although his last series was he took a trip to Kyoto and did a bunch of cool stuff in 
took some photos in Kyoto. He works with film. He's got a Leica. I think it's a Leica M6, um, which is a great camera. Um, I need to uh, – yeah. next, next time I'm down there, I need to uh, introduce you to a friend of mine, Tami Oshima. Okay. Um, I think his first name is actually to- Toshihiro. Okay. Um, and you may have met my friend um, Saya as well. Yeah, I think I have, or at least I think I have at least once. Yeah, I know you guys have men- you've mentioned her quite a bit. Yeah, she she and she introduced me to Tommy. Tommy's amazing. We have a uh, a couple of his photographs. Uh, we actually purchased mm-hmm. some like big prints, like oh wow, inch, um, wow. To, to bring home from Japan. We have uh, mm-hmm. four or five different photographs of his, and they're all just mm-hmm. stunning and beautiful. I'll, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll have to send you his Flickr site. Um, but I know I know those guys get together quite a bit. Um, and they're really nice folks just to hang out with, and they're all camera oh, cool. bots. So nice. Got to get you connected with those guys. Yeah, definitely. I uh, yeah, I have a tendency left to my own devices just to do things on my own. It's not that I don't like people. I want to meet people, but I'm just bad about like sometimes bad about making those connections. Yeah, it, it, these guys are really good. They're they're nice and chill, and they've oh, cool. uh, they've introduced me to some of the you know, what what I'd call like deep Tokyo, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, the golden guy area of Shinjuku and like, you know, this, yeah. this guy who runs like one of those really tiny bars and it's like a photo mm-hmm. bar and they, they do like, you know, showings and stuff at the bar like once a month. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, um, I definitely need my, I, I definitely need to find my Ikitsuke, my little watering hole, my yeah. local, you know, someplace that's, it's so big here. And it's just like, whenever it's like, a lot of people, I think, just end up because it's so big and there's so many places to go. People just end up going to either the very well-known, popular spots or just the chains. It's hard to like, you know. In in Kobe, I know like kind of the smaller places, and you know, I know where to go. But here, it's been a little harder. So yeah, you almost gotta find here. somebody who already knows a place, and then they just like mm-hmm. bring you in. You know, yeah, it's hard to like create a new place. Yeah, some friends of mine took me to a place. I gotta ask them where that place was again. Uh, they took me to a place about a month ago. Um, they're from Kansai, but they live up here in Tokyo. And so I got to hang out with them and go to a pretty cool bar. It was, yeah, it's ran by a couple of sisters. It's pretty cool. Oh, cool. Where is it? Or, it's <laughs> that's in, a dumb I, question, I think, right? Because you're like, I wonder where it is. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's near Yoyogi, but it's like, it's, it's Yoyogi Uehara. It's a, it's a, it's a Odakyu station. I think it's Uehara Yoyogi or Yoyogi Uehara. Hmm. So not too far from Shinjuku. Not too far, probably from JR Yoyogi too, around that area. Cool. Yeah. Well, I uh, I, I I look forward to listening to Finding Japan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hopefully, yeah. That's right. I should probably talk a little bit about what I. Uh, well, what I one thing I want to do is I want to do interviews. So my idea oh, is cool. to. Um, yeah, I'm going to interview. I'm hoping to get a lineup. Well, I've already talked to her about it. A friend of mine is a uh, is the uh, COO of this pretty cool internet company that makes um, a- a- iPhone app development, stuff like that, hmm. social social networking uh, apps and stuff like that. Um, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, she's the older sister of a good friend of mine, but we're friends too, but uh, who I've known for, a, I've known her sister for a long time. And uh, yeah, you know, she used to just work for various media and publishing companies and stuff like that and then her and a friend started up this company a few years ago and they're doing really well um you know just 
uh, social oriented news gathering uh, gathering app um, called Gunosi. Strange name, but that's Japan for you. So <laughs> they have strange <laughs> names. They even have a they even have a, like a matching online dating app called Pairs, which is a much better name. And, <laughs> um, it seems to make sense. Uh, Perhaps I have an account on that app. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I do. I, I do seem to be the eternal single person. Ah, uh, man, ah, Tokyo. I, I was that way for a while until I wasn't. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm hoping soon. I mean, I have some. I have some buddies who are around my age or in their forties who are still single. So yeah, you know, and they seem to. They seem to be doing pretty well. Yeah, I think it's just sometimes the way it works out. It's got its pros and its cons on both sides. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I I wholly believe that the grass is always greener. That's that's definitely yeah. how it looks. Yeah, that is definitely true. Um, the grass is greener, but on the other hand, I do also think it is good to have a partner in your life. You know, life can sometimes be a bit tough, so it's good to have a home base, home team, yeah. Yeah. I mean, a family and friends, and that's of course valuable, but. A good, a good, a good. Not to get so all serious relationship life talk, but a good friend of my mom, my mom's good friend. She once, you know, she was talking to me on the phone, and and she asked, "Do you have a girlfriend?" I said, "Ah," and I was joking with her. Oh no, no, my the only love of my life is my mom. Ha ha, you know, because because I think a few, I was telling her a few years ago, my mom was going through this weird jealousy phase where phase where, like, I remember like friends, friends would come over to my parents' house in Seattle, like guy buddy i tell my mom hey you know a buddy of mine like chris or somebody a buddy of mine is coming to stay for a few days she's like oh cool when is he coming that's really cool great 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 and i'd be like hey mom a friend of mine is coming uh you know she's from japan what what's her name why is she friends with you she just wants a place to stay i'm like oh my gosh my mom had this like total jealousy phase where like any woman in my life she was just like upset about it Oh wow! So, but she got over it. But what my mom's friend was saying is like, hey, you know, like, yeah, you know, I know you're just joking, but you know, eventually your parents pass away. So, you know, you, if you think about the future of your life, you know, you might want to have someone in your life. And the thing about her is that I, my mom's friend is that she's I think around the same age as my mom, so she's in her sixties, but she never married. So I'm sure she's talking about that oh, a lot okay, from yeah, so personal experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I man, every everything happens for the for a reason and at the right time. Yes, that's, that's definitely. Yeah, I hope so. The way I subscribe to it, and yeah. yeah, just just like this podcast, man. It's been that's like right, man. two years, I think, at least two, two years, years for since you. We've done an episode, yeah, yeah. I think I spent like three or four years since I've done an episode of Kobe Beef. Maybe four years now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad that you're uh, you're you're taking up the reins, so to speak. I'm really interested to see see what you do and listen to some interviews. So thanks again. Yeah. I can, I can add it. my own podcast back to my own feed catcher. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And of course you're, you know, you're more than welcome to Emirate. You're the Emeritus host Emeritus <laughs> Emeritus Emer yeah. Emeritus. How's that word pronounced? <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll post episodes between your episodes being like, yeah, that one was all right, but <laughs> here's what Terrence got to do better. Or yeah. man, he he really nailed it on this one. I suck at that. <laughs> you know? This week in Finding Japan review. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll be a whole meta layer over <laughs> over yeah. your episodes. Yeah. No, nah, but yeah. I think it'd be good because uh, you know we we've you know I feel like in a lot of ways I've I've lost touch with with Japan. Um, mm -hmm. Actually. It, 
it's kind of interesting timing. We just had a, a bunch of people come from our Japanese office last week. And mm. so I, I got to reuse that part of my brain language-wise and culturally. And Oh, cool. It, it was pretty cool. We met with our... Uh, our HR team was looking to do. Things were there still people that still people you knew? The people oh yeah, I know. Yeah, there? most oh, of the cool. team I still know. Yeah. Oh cool. Um, and uh, so, so that was kind of interesting. But um, I think the last time I was in Japan was last December. So it's been yeah. You were on some kind year. of yeah part of business or something. You were here just for yeah a little part bit, right? part business uh, business yeah. in Hong Kong, but stopped mm-hmm. over in Japan to see a friend. Um, and uh, before that was maybe June, and before that was February and March. So last mm-hmm. year I had a lot of trips, but this year it's just been, you know, I haven't gone at all this year, and and probably won't. So it's it's tough. It's hard to yeah. stay connected, and and it's weird because like Linda's doing this um, gift swap with a, a friend of hers mm-hmm. uh, that still lives in Japan. So they want. Um, they wanted to know from us all the things that we missed from from Japan, so that they could send it send it back. And oh, nice! We're doing the same thing. We're we're getting them a whole bunch of stuff that they mm-hmm. can't get in Japan. We're gonna send it back. We're just gonna swap. Yeah. But uh, so, so Linda was asking me. She goes, "Well, what do you really miss from Japan?" And I'm like, "Man, you know, none of the stuff that I miss you can put in a box." Yeah. And really, it, it's not about the tchotchkes. It's not about the little snacks. It's not about the toys. It's yeah. it's it's the atmosphere. It's the way the city feels. It's the friends. It's the the way it smells. The way it sounds. It's just. Mm-hmm. And then it's like you know all the all the Tokyo stuffs one thing, but then after that, it's the rest of the country. You know, you got Tokyo, yeah. but then even outside of Tokyo, you you know you got Nikko yeah. and Hakone and the, you know the Mount Fuji area and everything mm-hmm. around it. So it it's just uh, it's hard to it's hard to put in a box. And ship it back. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember us going to the Fuji Yoshida Fire Festival when my when I had that infection, I had that abscess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you you ended oh, up like, like five days at St. Luke's Hospital. Yeah. Oh man, I was trying to like just numb it with beer and <laughs> acting crazy. Oh man, knowing what it was in in retrospect, and that then, was a bad idea. <laughs> that was a really bad idea. Yeah. Um, I think actually that may have been the last episode. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Mm. So, so for any new listener who listens to the podcast, they're going to be like, "Why are these guys reminiscing about what happened last episode?" Yeah. Um, Oh, I know. I wanted to ask you just before. um, I don't know how you're doing with time, but um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about uh, Kamata. Ah, yes. Yeah, because I know it's it's always hard to you know I know you know a couple of like little dives, but I know it's always hard to explain that when you know it's easy when you get there and you go down this alley and it's over here. But I would just yeah, I've been wandering around there a little bit, but so here's the deal, and this this would Mm -hmm. probably be really interesting for you and boring for podcast listeners, but Mm. so what I'll do is I'll I'll send you a um, I'm I'm really good visually. Mm-hmm. So I can look at a map of Kamada and t- and like put a pin and be like yeah. the bar the bar is here. This is this yeah, is the place I'm, you I'm need to check at, out. Yeah, I'm the same way. So yeah. so I can do that and kind of show you where where the place is, but there's an interesting story behind uh that whole deal. So when I first moved to Tokyo, I was staying with a friend of mine um who spoke almost no English. Which mm-hmm. was which was really interesting, and then she lived one block away from this this Tachinomi, mm-hmm. and so that's where we would go almost every night. 
But the guy who ran the Tachinomi, not the guy who owned it, but the guy who ran it, he ended up uh, leaving that place. And I think after after he left that place, the group that kind of coalesced there kind of mm-hmm. split apart. Oh man! So, so I don't know if they still go there anymore, but um, mm-hmm. I know the few folks that I know in that group don't go there anymore. Mm-hmm. And he ended up being a uh, what's it called, like a like a host at, at one of those male host bars. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Maybe it's he, just a lot more lucrative. <laughs> I, I I guess, but the weird part is, is like to me, he wasn't like like a super attractive guy. Not that I mm-hmm. rate guys, but I'm like, that's that's just so weird to see like him go. Was he a good talker to... though? A lot of them are good he talkers. Was a, he was an awesome talker. That's what awesome. it is. That's actually yeah. what they always when they ever have those doc, when they have those documentaries about hosts, like the head host who runs all the guys, he's like, you know, if you look good, that's cool and we have girls who want to come in for the good looking guy, but the guys who bring it in are the ones who can talk. We have guys here, you know, who don't look that good at all. You gotta turn the lights down, but they can talk. <laughs> wow. So, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, but the interesting thing about that Tachinomi is on the upstairs, there was a snack mm-hmm. bar. So the Tachinomi would shut down at like midnight or 1 a.m. Mm-hmm. But then the snack bar would open up when the trains closed and everybody would go up there until the trains mm-hmm. opened up at like 5.30 in the morning. And that was run by a, uh, this, this little old couple that had this really tiny poodle. Okay. And uh, that might still be there. <laughs> mm. So I'll, I'll send you a link on a map. All and right, then cool. and then there's a, a really good gyoza place uh, mm. on Kamada Station, but that that whole side to the east, no, sorry, west north of Kamada Station, uh, west west, yeah, the west the of the west Kamada. side. Yeah, I've been around there. I'm I'm sure I'm I'm sure I'm walking around where you were. Man. I'm just like I know this is it. <laughs> yeah, it, well, the, the Tachinomi's a, a little ways away from that main area. It's about mm-hmm. a ten minute walk from the station, but okay. um, that whole area is awesome. Man, I could just yeah. go. I could hang out there all night. It's it's just such a cool area. Yeah, I'll probably just have to go like on a Thursday or Friday night and just kind of. I usually work on weekends, so, and then just kind of wander around, step into places. There used to be a. There was an internet cafe there. That would that I would go to when I lived there because I didn't have internet at at uh, Rinko's mm-hmm. house. But uh, yeah, it was really cool. I love that area. Yeah, I still, I I mean, still feel like Kamata is my first home in Tokyo. Yeah, you mentioned it a lot. So when I found a place near Kamata, I was like, oh, cool. I was like super stoked. I was excited. And it's cool. I love it. It's got that kind of like a little that shitamachi, a little downtown yeah, kind of yeah. feel. And, uh, you know, it's not – what I like about it is just like it's cool to go out to places like go out to Shibuya, Roppongi, or Harajuku, those kind of like snazzy Tokyo places. But it's nice to live in a place that's kind of down to earth. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I'm a few stations up. I'm, I'm on the Tokyo Ikegami line. Which okay. comes out of Kamata, yeah, and I'm at uh, Yukigaya, Otsuka. But it's cool. It's like there's a lot. Of, there's a cool little supermarket and a lot of cool little like the tofu shop and the meat shop and the yep. all sorts of little things like that. And yeah, and they I, totally like uh, they totally redid Kamata Station like three or four years ago. Oh, okay, so it's it's much. It's like really modern now. It's easy to get. Yeah, on the inside, yeah, there is a part of it that does look pretty new. They still got some of the older stuff kind of connected, but yeah, you can you can tell that they worked on it. If you go out the west exit, and you know it's kind of like a plaza, mm-hmm. um, and if you go more towards the left side, there's a there's an arcade okay. that has like yeah. a covering. It's like sunshine okay. something has to do mm-hmm. with the sun. The name I forget what it is. Okay, but if you go into that that arcade. 
it, and it's there's a gyoza place on the left hand side, like maybe less than ten shops in. Okay, so it's either like one through nine, somewhere around there. That's that's All where right. the awesome gyoza is. I, I oh, cool. If yeah. the, if Google Maps doesn't actually go down the arcade, it'll be tough for me to pick it out. But yeah. No oh, man, I love gyoza. I'm always on the hunt for awesome gyoza. Yeah. I think there was was there something that I read on was it gyoza ramen? There was something I read somewhere that said that Kamata actually does have a few other cool little gyoza places. Oh man, I'm looking at the Google Street View. It actually mm-hmm. does go in, into the arcade. Oh nice. Sweet. Holy crap. That's awesome. They they treat it like a street. Oh, that's cool. It's the uh Sun yeah, whoever... Sunrise Kamada. Okay, cool. And if oh, you cool. uh if you head in there. Holy crap. This is awesome. It's like you're riding the bike through the arcade. I may have been down that other arcade, I reckon I think I have. Uh, let's see. It might not be there anymore, but the problem is, is the street view is Oh yeah, I've been through this. Yeah, I've been I've been through this arcade. Oh, cool. The street view is uh, they they snap these pictures when most of the stores are closed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did, didn't they? Yeah. That's the other interesting thing about Japan. Like, you can go down one one arcade like this at one time mm-hmm. during the day, mm-hmm. and then come back at night, and it'll look completely different. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's why that's the thing about like finding a place to like finding a place to go drink or restaurants. It's like you have to go at the right time because if you go yeah. at the wrong hour, it's just so hard to recognize anything. You can't tell what the flow of people is or what what it looks like. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that that's you know that applies to other places too, but definitely. Yeah. There's just so much the thing about Japan is just so much density. You know, I mean you're in the city, there's just you can get lost in five hundred different choices. Yeah. Oh man, well I'll find that Tachinomi for you and we'll see if it's still All right, there. cool, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I think I'll just I'll just have to go around, take a little time and do some do some searching. Yeah. I, I'm just remembering a bunch of funny stories. I remember, like, Saya, my friend, was supposed to show up at the Tachinomi one night. Mm-hmm. And so we're all sitting there waiting for her. And we're like, where is she? And she showed up, like, an hour late. And we're like, where were you? And she mm-hmm. goes, well, I, uh, I I fell off my bike and hit my head and had to go to the hospital. <laughs> Whoa. And then uh, after the hospital, I, I came here. <laughs> Oh my gosh. That's like you guys no one had a no one had a cell phone on them? Yeah, I, I don't know. This is bizarre. 
Because that just seems like that's definitely one of those stories from back in the day when we no one had no one carried a cell phone. That would really you could imagine that happening because you'd have to meet up with someone. You know, if you wanted them to know what happened to you, you'd have to go find them and meet up with them. <laughs> now you just be like, yeah, hey, I hit my head, man. I'm at the hospital. I'm not gonna make it. You know, I'll see you later. Like you just drop a line, but yeah. I actually just found this place, but I, I don't know how to send you a link of exactly what I'm looking at. Ah, uh, um, there should be a way to send stuff like in that. Like in like a, if I'm in the street view. Oh, here. Well, we even go. if it's not, you can. There's the link, the chain. I got it here. Hold on. Yeah, and even if you send me the flat map, that'll help too. Well, I'll send you the street view, and then you can uh, you can back it out. Look at it later. Sweet. Cool, man. Yeah. Well, do you want to do you want to give uh I can do a little outro thing later. All right. Thanking you, you for taking the... over everything or do you, but did yeah. you want to do like a little intro thing with with T-Bone or Ah, T-Bone, he's been he's been yeah, he's been waiting in the wings. I wait long time. Stupid Terrence, talk talk talk. No fun story. I great cow. <laughs> Yeah. All right, T-Bone. You, you excited about taking over uh, Finding Japan and making this oh, uh, podcast? Oh, great show. <laughs> we talk. Women, boobies, all the time. No more serious talk. <laughs> hey, you got to give me... Um, uh, well, let me let me cap that off first because I got to edit this. But All right, thanks, T-Bone. <laughs> Appreciate that. Well, that's the end of the show. Um, just in case you're baffled, that little, uh, ah, great T-Bone. T-Bone Taro was the mascot of the Kobe Beef Show, so uh, he'll make other appearances. And so will Finding Japan. Um, stay tuned. Um, I'm looking forward to doing a lot of shows for y'all. And yeah, catch you on the flip side, I guess. Bye-bye.